0: Hey guys, and welcome to the second Gunshot Podcast. And we're sat here in Italy with Howard Day of Outside Days. Howard, tell us about yourself.
1: <laughs> There's a long story. Well, what do you do? <laughs> Let's start with what do you do now? Um, I'm what they classify as many of your listeners, I guess it will be on this, would call a sporting agent. Which does? We basically buy and sell fishing, shooting, and stalking okay. um, in the UK and obviously being sat here in Italy elsewhere in the world. How long have you done that for? Um, I think we're coming up, this will be our 21st season now. Earth's moving for me as well. <laughs> Your twenty-first season. Twenty-first season, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, been a long time. Been some good times. Been some not so good times. And what did you do beforehand? Uh, my background's really in fish. Um, okay. I have a degree and a master's degree in fisheries management, uh, fish farming, cleaning people's ponds, all sorts of. Oh wow! So you're <laughs> you're more of a fisherman
0: than a shooter, or do you
1: count you do? You, do you want... <laughs> now. I'm asked that quite a lot, as to which I prefer, and I haven't really got an answer. Um, background was in fish, my scientific training's in fish and fisheries. Um, shooting is something I have done um, as a hobby, as a pastime since, well, my, my, my best friend at uh, nursery school, so since the age of three, my best friend was a gamekeeper's son. So I was brought up, I uh, spent as much time around his house probably as I did at home. Um, being brought up around shoots, shooting, dogs, pheasants, partridge, all sorts. So yeah, it's sort of in my blood from both sides. Oh, awesome. Uh, but if you were to pick one
0: now, just to put it on the table, not right this moment, but this year. Um, right, so we'll, we'll cut right to the chase. A real big important question we should have asked later on, but we'll ask now, what is your dream shoot, personally, that you haven't done yet, having that you have covered many, or one that you have done already? Oh... There's always Including fishing,
1: obviously. Yeah, there's, there's always got to be a want to do list. Um, when, when you lose a want to do list, then I think you've lost the will to live. Yeah, realistically. Um, Mongolia is one we're looking at quite closely at the moment. It's grown over the last few years as a destination for fishing on Taman, which is one of the world's largest trout. Yeah. Um, go in excess of £100 pounds in fairly small streams. It's a serious fish, isn't it? Seriously big fish. You take big tackle for that? Um, the standing joke is the first Western European that was out there fishing for it was there with his salmon rod, casting his flies, um, and all of a sudden the Mongolian tribesman pulled up beside him on his little pony and looked at him and pulled out his rifle. <laughs> and the fisherman standing there feeling a bit nervous. He looks around, the Mongolian turns around and shoots what I guess would be a prairie dog, picks it up, puts it on a hook that looks more like a small boat anchor, throws it in the river at which point the Taiman comes up, takes the prairie dog. <laughs> oh wow. I think that's a bit of a joke, or uh, but no, they fish with extremely big flies. Um, but really more to the point is, I mean, so some people now know Mongolia as a destination for fishing. Yeah. Um, some people will know it for some of the um, antelope type species out there, the ibex and things. Um, really interests me and I've heard a lot about, but still, still working on going out there as they have large numbers of wild grey part or Hungarian partridges as they would call them, what the English p- sportsman would know as a grey partridge. Um, English partridge, I don't think you can really call them English partridge if they're native in Mongolia. Mongolian partridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean there's just a lot of what they would classify as, um, as prairie birds out there. It's very much an un- untouched resource. I think that would be very interesting to go out there and see exactly what's there. More for the wider sort of pony uh, experience. Yeah, I mean, throat the, music, the whole thing. I mean, I'm evils, very lucky yeah. that I get to go to lots of wonderful places around the world and in the UK. And where has your favourite been? Around the world. Yeah oh i'm sitting here at toriccio on the wild ball trip with you in italy i've really, really got to say it's got to be italy it's, um, it's really hard yeah. to try and
0: top this from a luxury
1: hunting experience perspective right it's a wonderful place to come to i mean this is your, your second time here first time not so good on the ball front but we're still great on the, great on the wine and the food front oh, yes. um this time well, I don't know if this is coming out before the video or after the video, so I won't say too much of a spoiler. Oh no, this will come but out after. Okay, well in that case, out. as people would by now know, a very successful it was board trip. successful, board. absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. It's hard to beat, but I actually quite like the wild as well. The, 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 the more remote, the, the hard, the hard yards. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's, it's very, very lucky fish and shot in many places in the UK and around the world. Um, and, it's very easy to get a little blasé about some of them, if you're honest. That must be a really hard issue to deal with. <laughs> no, I mean, but you do take, you do start to take some of the marvelous places you go for granted, yeah. and and you shouldn't. No, um, because it is such such an amazing experience every time you go out in the field, um, and you always seeing, and whether you're going back on a, a pheasant shoot in Hampshire that you've been to a hundred times before, there's always something different no, goes it, on.
0: It's, it's still good sport. People travel from around the world to do it. Yeah, so it, yeah. It is um, in Belgium, but in England, we seem to seem to sort of <laughs> we we hold in high regard wilderness hunts because it's something that we didn't do. It's different.
1: Yeah, um, and it's. I mean, there's there's some. Yeah, I mean, we were up fishing uh, right up in the Arctic Circle in Sweden a couple of years ago for trout up in the Arctic yeah. Circle. That was amazing. I mean, you've got a, a flight to Stockholm and then off to Schlefter and then you do two hours in a car, followed by 40 minutes in a boat, followed by 10 minutes in a helicopter oh, wow. to get to base camp. And then each day you walk out for three or four hours in the morning or two hours in the morning before you start to fish your way back. Well, Proper amazing Arctic Circle with the Sami and the reindeer herders and everything else up there. Was it worth it? It was amazing. I'd, I'd, I'd go Did back tomorrow. Experience. Yeah. Um, the fishing was, we were a little bit late in the season. The positive side was the mosquitoes, or the midges had died down. Yeah. Um, the fishing wasn't as good as it had been earlier in the year. We still caught plenty of good fish. And, and, and it, 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 it's a hell of an experience. Um, Shooting-wise, some of the quail shooting we do in Croatia. I mean, everyone thinks of Croatia as this wonderful new, Holiday destination. Holiday destination, or relatively new holiday destination. Great place to film Game of Thrones as well. <laughs> great place to film Game of Thrones, yeah. Great place to go quail shooting. Yeah. Um, go inland. So how's
0: that done? Walked up? That's
1: uh, over pointing dogs. Nice. Now the quail they're shooting there are migratory quail, so they are migrating from northern Europe down to northern Africa. So it's a nice, it's a great hunt. We start 1st uh, first, first of August through till the end of September. Um, it is migratory, you never know what you're going to find. The birds migrate at night. So, you go out in the field in the morning. And it's a surprise. And you can go out there and you can find two or you can find 102. Wow. And you have no idea what you're going to find. And you'll go to the same field the next day and you still don't know what you're going to find because there may have been birds coming overnight or they may not have done. And that's done in quite an English style, I take it, with the pointing dogs? Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, what they tend to do is they'll go out with the pointing dogs first, you'll bust up the coveys, so they're big numbers. I and mean, these quail are quite small. I mean I think someone described them as bumblebees on steroids. Nice. So they're literally the starburst. Hug the floor or they get no, up. A bit? Some will hug the floor and just drop in short, some will go up very high, some will go back behind you. I mean they'll go, they'll go all over the place. And then once they bust the covers up, we'll then spend some you can time sneaking on them. And going around the covers a little bit, yeah. Um, and yeah, you take a few, but you don't take too many. It is a sustainable harvest you're looking for. You're not looking to try and get every quail there. So you'll you'll go and you'll have a flush here and a flush there, shoot a few and then move on to another bit of ground or another part of the same field. It's nice to satisfy your hunting urge yeah. and move um, on. Good tasting bird. Really? Yeah, very similar to partridge, but smaller. Some of them, you would need a few more of them. You need a few more of them. Um, and just great fun. But you are up in the mountains in Croatia that no one ever goes to, and no tourists ever go to. So you get that privilege. So of, you're seeing We're yeah. seeing very different things. I mean, the first time we went out there was probably, oh, 10 years ago now. Um, and I sat and watched the Croatian, Bosnian, Serbian troubles going on on telly and you don't, it seems very distant. We just only go out there three and a half hour flight, a couple of hours driving up in the mountains. Oh, we can't shoot that air today because there's still got uncleared uncleared uh, land landmines in that field. Well, if people are after high-risk sport... Yeah, um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that, that's taking uh, a adrenaline, stream perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you've got buildings that are covered in machine gun bullets on the front of them. You just only realise quite how close all that was. And, and the basic food, I mean, is, is basically is spit roast lamb. It's what you eat for the whole time you're there, once you get in, lamb. Uh, it's a nice treat. It's very nice. And I quail mean, if you're lucky. And quail if and you can eat them. And <laughs> um, But I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like winding the time back. I mean, it's like going back in history a little bit when you get up there. Um, whereas modern seaside Croatia is very, very modern. Very Mediterranean, very modern. Mediterranean yeah, very, modern. That'd be very modern as yeah. well. So you go to different places, you see different things. And you get to go to places that you'd never get to or go to if you weren't for the, the fishing, the shooting or the stalking. Cool.
0: Uh, move on slightly before we get to our sort of main subject. How do you deal... I presume you, you've seen a ray of sportsmen in terms of ability, <laughs> character. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with somebody who just can't shoot, just can't fish?
1: <laughs> with a great deal of patience, I think. Probably be the best line. Um, It depends what what they've purchased, what they're buying. Um, If they're bird shooting, I mean, no, let's wind that back. Someone that is safe and good company will be welcome anywhere, always. And that's very much a worldwide thing. That's not just the UK.
0: And the good company part, I suppose, is an aspect of them not throwing a hissy fit because of their lack of ability
1: yeah hopefully and it's also a case of particularly with the foreign trips not so I much mean, if you're spending a day with a, a member of a team in a, a a gun in a line yeah who you're struggling to get on with it's not too bad you've got seven other blokes you can you've talk got seven to. other blokes and it, if you've got a week with him in a lodge in sweden it can get a, quite a grating so i mean people need to look at themselves a little bit uh, sometimes but i mean most to be honest with you, most sportsmen get on just fine. So there's a the common interest. If they can't fish or shoot, um, you just have to dial it we, back, I suppose. Well, I mean, we but always a training put, trip with with, with with rifles. We always put a new client on a range before we go out hunting. Uh, part I'm, of that is to familiarise them with the rifle, yeah. and part of that is. But I mean, the, we're road stalking in England, for example, we we'll put them on a range. They're shooting a paper target at 100 yards by looking at how they shoot it and where they're grouping or hitting you say okay well 100 yards i'll take a shot or you look at it and you say okay we're going to gonna have to get into 50 yards yeah. before i let him take take the shot so there's that side to it in terms of ability there
0: you know what is the standard ability you see people shoot in real life not just you know keyboard warriors saying i can shoot this and i can shoot that what is the
1: standard ability of a shooter from your experience to be honest with you i don't care in the nicest possible way <laughs> Um, what I need to see is we will draw a three-inch diameter circle. The size of a heart? The size of a heart, which is a fraction of the size of a kill zone mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. If you can hit that, I'm not looking for you to clave leafy bullets. Very mm. impressive if you can. Great, lovely and all the rest and of it. Use your X-ray vision the reality the is a kill shot is a lot bigger. Yeah. So if you can get inside my three-inch circle with hundred yards off a bench rest, then I will consider taking you stalking, seeing how you've done that will dictate where we've got to get to yeah. before I let you take the shot. People fail? Rarely. Good. With modern tech, with modern guns, rifles everything and everything else, really you... sometimes you have to say to someone, right, OK, just stop a minute, take a put your rifle the down, let's walk back, think about what we're doing, talk it through, go forward and do it again. Now, one of my real bet noirs, if you like, I don't mind someone coming to me, in fact I like it, when someone comes to me and says, I know nothing, I'm a novice, I've never done it before, I've only been out once, whatever it may be, that's fine, that's no problem, we're very happy to teach, everyone has to start somewhere, um, and yeah, great, it's good for the industry, it's good yeah. for me as a business, it's good, it's good for you as a shop. Oh, <laughs> very much so, yeah. Um, what I really, really object to is the people that come and they're desperate to tell you how much they've done. I'm around every day. And you might get choked by their cape. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you put them on a range or in front of an animal, you can see how much someone's done. Yeah. So all the stories they've told you about what they've done or how many animals, how often they go stalking, all the rest of it, you look at them and just think, why did you say that yeah, to me? You? You're not familiar with this. You're, you're not... getting buck fever yeah. and we're not even seeing an animal yet. Yeah. So, I mean, personally, if I go, I mean, occasionally i go stalking somewhere or go shooting someone, I like to play down... What I do for a job, I love to learn from other guides. Yeah, if you, say, you can always learn something. Oh, every day I go out, I'm learning something from what I'm seeing. When you go out with another guide, you're learning loads of stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, always, especially if it's on their ground as well. You their can't ground. go on someone
1: else's ground and go, "This is how it works on my bit." Yeah, different animal, different different cultures, different mentalities, different everything. You just say, "Keep quiet and just show me how to do it, please." Yeah, um, and I'll perform when you ask me to. Hopefully. I'll do what I'll do what you tell me. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I mean that to me is, is the great joy of going out with a professional guide of some description, whether it's fishing, shooting, stalking. I'm sure golf or skiing or anything else is exactly the same. Yeah, you get there's a lesson included in the price if you like. Yeah, yeah. I mean you you you're paying you're paying for access onto the ground, but you're also paying for 10, 20, 30, 40 years of experience from someone and yeah. what you can learn from that. Um, and that I think is the it's priceless. Is the really exciting thing. Yeah. It's the sexy bit about stalking for me is seeing other people and seeing what they know and learning their little tricks and whether it's I mean I've got a classic. With, I've got a Spanish guide who dries his flies with a really bizarre way of doing it that I've never seen before. Yeah. Um. And you think, oh, that's so simple and so easy. I'll do that. Up to someone who's got a completely te- te- different rifle setup or vision optics that you've never seen before, and you think, Oh, I've, I've sort of seen the and I wouldn't buy it. And you actually see it in practice, and it's like, Oh, actually, yeah.
0: you know, and there's a lot that of times when you go, <laughs> I don't like that, and then you actually get behind it and go, Actually, that's really sweet, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it's so to me, my if, if I was going to give you a piece of advice on this podcast, would be when you go to a professional guide, be honest. And if or, you haven't done much, yeah. say so. And I like your idea of playing it down a little bit so that you can glean
0: as much information as possible. No,
1: no, no good professional guide is going to judge you badly because you're not an expert. That's why you're going to a guide. Yeah. It's to get access to ground and to learn something. Yeah. Um, and I always know, about, we were talking earlier off camera when you were saying about people that come in the shop and you can judge. I always know when we're at a trade show or whether we are clients turn up for the first time, if they spend the first half hour telling me what they've done, you always know probably you've got to listen to it all with a pinch of salt. Yeah, you can sort of take <laughs> half of it and throw it yeah, in the bin. Yeah, at least. <laughs> you know, we, we get it a lot in the shop, you know, you
0: get someone coming I own this gun, that gun, this gun and that gun, and you go, great. I, I have got 400 there, <laughs> minimum. <laughs>
1: I'm not um, very impressed.
0: <laughs> and I am kind of impressed. but. A conversation about the guns, that's different. Yeah, like if yeah. someone said to you, oh, I had this great trip in South Africa, have you ever done this and that, and you could actually converse, yeah. that's, it's very different to them, I suppose, monologuing at you.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It must be a bit weird. And it's, all of us have different levels of ability. Yeah. There are people that do everything, I mean, again, you or Sasha or someone was asking me how I would class myself. And I'm, I'm sort of a, a reasonable all rounder, fishing, shooting, stalking. I'm not. I wouldn't, and I never claimed to put myself up as a total expert in any one particular field.
0: No, you're a fair hand at most of them though,
1: luckily. I, I can hold my end up in, in most companies at most of them, so I'm a good generalist. Yeah, that's, um, that's but, a good way to be though isn't but it? But if, if you take fishing or shooting, I, I can point to a, a, a lot of people who in any one um, discipline. I'm unbelievable. I'm much, much better than I am, but that's yeah. all they do. Whereas yeah. I spend my time. Give, give a rifle and a shotgun and say, Do you want to come out game shooting? And
0: mm. it, yeah. it might be a mild embarrassment. Yeah. but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can still hold my own with a rifle
1: enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can so go yeah. out stalking and know I can make the shot. Yes. If it's doable, mainly. <laughs> yeah, something like
0: that. <clears throat> uh, we'll talk also briefly about equipment before we get on to the main subject. Equipment wise, you obviously get access to a huge amount of equipment uh, probably on a much more practical basis than I do um, in, in stalking and <laughs> shooting and game shooting and, and hunting scenarios. Yeah. What do you rate? What have you seen fail? What, what is good and what is not good in the books of <laughs> how day? they?
1: Um, I think it goes back to the classic line, the biggest problem in most rifle shooting is the nut behind the bolt. Yep. Most modern rifles that I have come across, unless there is a mechanical issue with them, can shoot straighter than most people. A hundred percent. So, as far as the actual rifle to go for, I've, as client rifles, I work with Howard. Hower 1500s, yeah, I've got one good, in 243, one in 308, depending on what we're shooting. Reliable, accurate. Not pretty. Hardcore. But very, very reliable. More accurate than needs to be. Yeah. Um, and they're great work tools. Yeah. They're not beautiful. They're not pretty, no. But when you're giving um, it to
0: somebody who potentially might not be yeah. experienced and might be up the ladder or the high seat or something,
1: it's a tool for a job. Yeah, and it does the job very well. Built to work, not for yep. show. Optics, are like most people, I mean, I, I do generally believe that you need to spend as much as you can on the optics within reason. Yeah, um, good optics will give you. As it says, I mean, if you go and buy. A small Vosky as opposed to a Bushnell or something. Uh, Bushnell makes some very high quality. Okay, stuff. well, I'm not, i yeah, I mean, as, if you go and buy a top end Small Vosky as opposed to a bottom end Bushnell, yes. you will get in broad daylight, being my point here, I'm yeah. trying to get to, in broad daylight as we are now, actually, it probably wouldn't make any difference. Uh, only when looking at it, but if you put a Deer out in front of you yeah. at 100 yards and said, shooting the On the with this success rate, you'd go, okay. On the success rate, it wouldn't make any difference. No. When you get to low light conditions, yeah. particularly out here in Italy where we're shooting the bore at what we would consider at home to be too dark, yeah. but we're still shooting without any. In moonlight, more or less. Yeah, I mean, or just very much last yeah. knocking, real last knockings, um, the quality of scope comes in. Yeah, so really I, I think does. Brand wise, um, <sighs> Ooh. It's a difficult one. Mimiopters, great, great scope. Yeah. Um, Smolvosky, obviously everyone knows them. Carl's make a good one. Schmitt and Bender. I'm, I think if you're buying in that top echelon,
0: yeah, it, it is very much a what you require. One's going to be nicer colour to one person than the other. One's going to be sharper in different ways. One's going to have slightly different definitions in different ways. And yeah. it is a personal matrix of needs, over yeah. A scope.
1: Yeah. I mean, but I mean, in general, I would say. Rifle, you can always get away with as cheap as you want. Yeah, well, scope buy a decent one. Yeah, Um, I think that's fairly common practice, really, these days. What I particularly like,
0: people people are changing slightly there. Um, we notice in the market is people are suddenly investing more in the initial purchase of the rifle rather than the optic. Which I've never really understood, but as long as people are buying rifles and enjoying themselves, I suppose it doesn't matter.
1: I guess a lot of people work on the principle that you can buy a really nice rifle, but you haven't got the budget to then sprint to a really nice scope as well, and we we'll put a nice scope on it later. And you don't need to put a variation in for a scope. Whereas no one wants to have a really nice scope, but the rifle doesn't actually <laughs> so, I mean, I sort, of, I sort of get that, but it's almost, it's almost backwards. It. It's a bit like fly rods when I was having a chat with Marcus out on this trip with us um, earlier today. He was asking about fly rods, I said, actually, the really expensive fly rods its very good, and I'm, it's the same as shotguns, i am going to say. A really good shotgun or fly rod will help you shoot or cast better. If you're a really good shot or a good fisherman, you don't need that. No, but if you then do put the <laughs> two together, that's the ultimate yeah. package. So it, but it almost becomes inverted, because if you're a beginner, then you need all the help you can get, but that's when you don't go and spend it, because you don't know how much of it you're going to do or yeah. what you're going to get into. So, I mean, that one's a tricky one. I've got to say, with guns, the problem I think with guns is, shotguns in particular, is that we're all told, well shoot the gun that shoots you, shoot the gun you like. When you're new to shooting, you don't know what you like. You've been shooting a long time, I've been shooting a long time. You pick up a gun, you know, oh that feels nice, that's comfortable, that fits me well, I like the way that feels, that, that's balanced or whatever. Um, I'll buy that. Yeah. If you're novice, they all feel weird. Yeah, or you pick one <laughs> up that feels good, but by the time you actually learn to shoot and yeah. build a style it no longer feels good. So, I mean, uh, my advice would be to anyone buying kit is go to someone like yourself, other gun that. shops do exist. They do, <laughs> they are. and they are also great. <laughs> There's some really good ones yeah, out there, so I'm not so like any business. Um, but no, you go to the gun shop, listen to what you're told, you're going to have a budget in mind when you walk in, most people do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then the only thing you've got to consider is I mean, I'm, I'm always asked, what, what should I buy, what should I buy? I've got to say, I advise Beretta quite regularly for first gun. For the sheer fact that if you don't like it, you'll have to save money, money back when, when you sell it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's a very cheap, short-term investment. If yeah. Like, yeah. Get something like that. If you then want to go and get something else better, different, whatever in the future, it's easy. Because you can take your gun back, you'll get nearly what you paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you decide what you actually like... Yeah. Once it's one cost one, you a couple hundred one, quid to own a very you know nice a gun, better, yeah, yeah, without buying yeah. crap. Um, so I mean, that, that, that's my only reason. I mean, personally, if I was going to go out and buy a gun, it depends what price range we're talking about. I love the Rosini round body, yeah, very nice guns, very, very sweet, pretty little guns to handle. Yeah. Rifle wise, I love the Merkel K3, yeah, both so really sweet, refined guns, which is kind of ironic because you're a yeah. big, big man, yeah. I mean, didn't dainty, and I mean, I yeah. shoot 28 ball with shotgun mainly. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite into the little guns, yeah. Um, African stuff, um, I love the Mini 10, the, the, yeah? the, the 10 antelope species below 18 inches, See. you, uh, you, you, you can keep your big kudu and your, everything else for me, I want the little ones. They're
0: <laughs> bastard hard to get into a lot yeah. of the time as well, yeah. a
1: lot of them are significantly harder to get into. I'm where so much of Africa is behind the wire, it's done well and it's, yeah. it's 10,000 acres, none of the Mini 10 are, they, they, they just walk through the wire they say so small. Yeah. So that, that to me... Yeah, completely, even on a high fence area, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not in. No, they're, I they mean, they're, 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 they come and go as they please. So, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I guess, I guess that's probably exposure to the more run-of-the-mill stuff yeah. across the board in multiple where, where countries and Well, once you've and seen what, one kudu, you. you've seen them all, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's just very expensive if you want a really big one. Yeah, um, whereas going and stalking steambuck on someone's farm out there as opposed to a yeah. game ranch, to me, is great fun. Um, so the wilder, the better for you? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, very cliche, but in the UK, I love pigeon shooting. Yeah. I think it's one of the best day sport you can get. When it goes right. Or one of the most frustrating when it doesn't. Yeah, that's for certain. Um, game wise, Woodcock and Snipe, I know, politically, sometimes a question on them. Don't shoot a lot these days, um, numbers wise or days wise, even to be honest with you. We're too busy hosting in the season. But I, I, I would rather traipse all day and go and shoot a few wild birds than go on some of the pheasant drives. Um, but that's when you stand... I mean, we sell... What did we do? I think last year, about 160 days we sold as a company in the yeah, UK. That's quite a lot, isn't it? I probably did 120 of them. On a day off... Do you want to be... A bit of a busman's in, holiday yeah. if you're not careful. But again, everyone. I mean, that's the other question I'm probably going to ask me later. So I'm going to... Preempt it now which is where, where where would your favorite place to shoot be
0: yeah, and yeah
1: actually i would rather have a really bad or mediocre day shooting with the right team of people very much so than yeah. the most amazing day of shooting with, with a bunch of people i didn't idiots. know or didn't particularly yeah. like so i mean to me it, it if, if i'm going shooting it is very much a social affair it is who i'm with every time
0: Yeah, well, I think that's the right way it should be. I think when people get into it, and there is still a a huge bunch of people who are just there for the purely the hunting aspect, Mm. but life's too short for that. You don't go around and tell everyone. It's the same cape cape throwers who are going to choke you with. I've done this and I've done that. Who went on the day and the other seven people didn't like them, and they then told everyone I shot brilliantly on that drive and. Is, uh, we, that, we, that person, we've all it? seen
1: it, um, and there's nothing wrong with, with with the shooting being the main reason for going. I mean, that's why everyone no, no, starts. No. Yeah. You don't start from a social point of view. I think. I mean, it's, with fishing, there is there, there's the several stages of fisherman's life, and I mean, it's it, it, first of all, it's catch one, then it's catch lots, then it's catch the biggest, then it's catch the rarest, and then it's, it's go back to catch one again, and it's sort of almost that evolution, if you like, as you go through and you get experience and yeah. see different things that what you're what you're after and what what excites you. What it means to you. What it means to you changes and evolves. Um, and that's fine because everyone can be on different stages of that life. Yeah, I think uh, we did a, a video on Gunsnobs
0: snobs recently, uh, essentially saying that it doesn't matter what you like, as long as you don't force it upon other people and tell everyone else someone's wrong for being in a different place to you. Yeah. Plus, yeah life is too yeah. short for that.
1: And wouldn't it be boring if we were all the same? It really would, unless everyone was like me. Was just, this planet would this be. It's really boring, job. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about optics all the time. <laughs> yes, we could really upset some garden shop owners by telling them what they thought was wrong. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, lose that in translation once again. Um, so we're going
0: to move on to the main point oh, now. Oh, let's, let's, let's move on quickly. On to you've been involved in shooting. at a good amount longer than I am because you're old. Uh, <laughs> and, Easy tiger. Uh, 21 <laughs> years as a pro- professional sporting agent from the age of three involved in shooting how has it changed and then where is it going and we're talking specifically here about pheasant shooting and deer stalking
1: homegrown sports. (laughs) Right I mean two very different changes. Let's talk about driven bird shooting in general Um, I mean I've been involved in driven bird shooting in some form or other for nearly half a century which is really quite scary Uh, yeah I am old. Um, how's it changed? I guess when I was, and again, when when you're involved in it as a kid, beating on shoots and what have you, you don't really understand what's going on around you. You, you. you you get the principle of releasing the birds, I was involved releasing birds and feeding, a friend's father's a gamekeeper and beating and picking up and all the rest of it. But the finances and the business side of it, yeah, which is really what has been the big change in game shooting. Um, you don't really get, um, but looking back through sort of my my more commercial and older experience in it, basically, I always say to my clients in mode about my prices, and it's not just an excuse about my prices. Shooting has never actually been cheaper in the real world, but no, now not by proportion to what people earn on or more accessible. Mm. If you went back forty-seven years ago, fifty years ago, whatever it was. um to actually go and buy a day shooting was quite a hard thing to do, or well, was a significant amount more private, I guess? At because the time. it was either syndicate or private. So to actually be able to go and buy a day shooting on what we would classify now as a commercial shoot it was unusual. Um, and the old saying used to be it was it: "Up goes 15 pounds, bang goes 10pence, down comes a pound." Well, in that there tells you everything you need to know about what's changed in driven shooting. Yeah. Because it's up goes 40 pounds. So that has gone up by um, two and a half, threefold. Yeah. Yeah. In that time scale. Which to be fair. Which compared to a pint of beer or a house or a, a car. A house being the main one. It's a fraction of what anything else has done on inflation. Yep. Then goes ten pence, a cartridge. Stayed pretty much the hasn't same. Hasn't actually changed that much. Down comes a pound. Well, now it's down comes nothing or minus if you're not careful. Um, so I, I, I think that perhaps in that little line there tells you everything you need to know about what's happened in shooting. Shooting's become more available, the price has gone up, but not in line with inflation um, and its supply and demand. Mm-hmm. This year, I don't know where this is going out, but obviously we're now selling half the 2019 2020 season. I have never known a demand of shoots selling out as quick as they have done this year, despite all the financial uncertainties yeah. around us. So is that, is that
0: top end days or low end days or is it just across the board?
1: Always a bit dubious about the top end, low end line because I mean, what what does Everybody one call has a, as top a, a, a end, low end? But in answer to your question, it's across the board. It's everything from walk up days to 400 bird days. Yeah. And you talk to a lot of the shoots and they are sold out by beginning March, which is unusual. Which is crazy. Really. Um, whether that is a sign of there'll be more shooting sold this year, or whether that's a sign of people are buying earlier, mm. remains to be seen as the year goes on. Um, but those that haven't bought already will be getting disappointed, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so going back to it, I mean, obviously the biggest thing, and it, it's very much in everyone's mind at the moment, is what happens with the shot game at the end of it. Yeah. Um, and that is. Several series of podcasts, all by itself. Yeah, I mean that's. We will get the BGA down for that one. We'll
0: have to sit yeah. around a table. And have yeah, I mean
1: that. I think that. I mean BGA. I I admire what they're doing.
0: uh BGA is the British Game Alliance. Uh, they are a business solely made to promote the eating of wild game. Yeah, um, admire
1: what they're doing. Would question some of it. Yeah, um but. Having said that, they're doing something. Which is better than a huge Which is a lot better than we have been as an industry for a while. One of our issues as an industry, and someone quoted me the figures the other day and how accurate they are, I don't really know, but they're telling me there's the same number of vegans in the UK as there are gun licence holders. I can believe that. Now, if that's right, who do you hear? Who's got the loudest voice? Who shouts? Well, I don't know. For, For years and years, and years, everybody
0: in the shooting industry, whether that be game hunters, target sports shooters, Everybody goes, oh, just be quiet. They'll leave us alone. Yeah. Which is the most ridiculous thing in the entire world. Nobody listens to quiet people.
1: We have still doing it to an extent. You you, you hear people saying, I can't possibly say at work what I do in my spare time. I, I, I hear that all the time. And it's like, I understand why. People don't want to go to work and get into conflict. But it's there's a problem if we always do that. You shouldn't be ashamed of who you are. If you are if you're if you're hunting and shooting ethically, yes. legally and ethically, you should be happy and proud to stand up and say it. Yeah. You're providing um,
0: meat for your family in a
1: yeah. I mean,
0: it's, more whole-circle way.
1: My, 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 my sort of fairly well-known, by some drunken comment on one or two occasions, is you just, you're, you're a hypocrite that hires a hitman to kill your food for you. Um, yeah. I know where most of the meat in my freezer comes from. I know how it lived, I know how it died. Um, well, you, you <laughs> don't know how it lived for, for some portion. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, if you've gone and harvested a deer, or yeah, you know, where it's, yeah, it's come from. It's lived a home. good life. It's been wild its whole life. It's it's. So, a, I mean, game shooting an animal could yeah. be
0: if animals could be happy in our conventional sense. Yeah,
1: game shooting, bird shooting, the changes in that time, availability of it, cost, commercialisation, commercialisation of it. Um, Dangerous-ish subject, but I'd put a very quick answer, if you will, on this one. How do you feel about that? (sighs) (laughs) This is where one comes into conflict with one's industry yeah, or this, and business this, if you're not yeah. careful. It would be lovely not to be. I, would, I wouldn't have a business if it wasn't. Yes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. So there's massive conflict of interest.
0: You yeah. have to put maybe, I don't know, I don't know, there's any, I don't, there, morally object. You've said to me a few times and you put it very well of it doesn't matter whether you're shooting 400 birds in one day or 100 birds over four days yeah. because your personal consumption of pheasants is going to be one or the other. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, as well as, as you I, can th- justify I think, it, it's fine. People saying a bag of a certain size is too big or too small or whatever it is, whatever. It, how many guns? It's virtually ha- impossible. And you get someone saying, "Oh, I only like hundred bird days," and you say, "Well, would you do you think? How that, many did you shoot? Do you think that five birds a drive, five good birds a drive, would be too many?" And they go, mm, "They're good birds. So, no, that's fine. So you're, okay. Well, you've just described to me eight guns, five drives, two hundred bird day. Yeah. Well." Oh about seven birds to drive well if they're really good okay you've just described it to be a 300 bird yeah so putting it, a, a number subjective. on anything is difficult do you see that um, in the future i think release limits or some sort it's going to take a cleverer man than me to work out what the way forward is yeah i mean we, we we've got to promote the the
0: consumption of game if the there's UK? a market for the finished product nobody's going to question the way that it gets put to market
1: it makes it far more justifiable and people are, it makes it much easier to stand there and be proud of what you're doing. Now we've all heard the stories about game being dumped and game being burnt and all the rest of it. I personally have not come across it. I would counter
0: the argument as opposed to argue with it although I'm with you that I've, I've never seen anything other than waste being got rid of. No. Um, but have you ever been binning I can't say I have. Do you know what binning is? No. Um, <laughs> I'm too young. So uh, there was this bird I, I knew for uh, Actually, no I never went to university, unfortunately. Um, not as clever as you. Um, and she used to go binning. So they would break in to the bins at co op. Right. Go through the bins and get all of the meat that was thrown away. Yeah. Produce that was thrown away. Yeah. And we're talking
1: a next level. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, enormous, I mean, hundreds of pounds of and then you multiply that up across the country, and all the supermarkets. And this car. was a small co-op. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, I'm with you now, yeah. This, this is my argument, Yeah.
0: is that, yes, if we throw away the waste product, that's wrong. If we don't take legs off of all the pheasants, it's probably not that right. However, don't come to me that these chickens, pigs, things, farmed, produced, packeted, transported, there's thousands of pounds spent from the moment they get killed, all the way through to their advertised, and then binned. That's a waste. Oh yeah, any waste is bad waste. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to say, well, they're bad and we're better. It's all bad. But please don't
1: pick on me because I shoot with a gun. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I no, get where you're coming from. That we need to work on it as an industry, yeah. though. Somehow, whether BGA is the way forward, whether there's something we haven't come up with yet, the way forward. There's been people putting ideas forwards about. Numbers of birds per acre you should be allowed to release and all the rest of it. One of my, another one of my, my bettaars, and it turns out I have several. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not that I'm a
1: I would like to see it made illegal to release birds after the first of September. Oh hundred um, percent, as opposed to against the code of good practice. Yeah, I mean, uh, we all know sporting conduct. It's... I won't touch shoots that do it. I know there are a number of shoots that do it i am no names, no Pactra or anything else. There are shoots to do it. If that was made illegal, we would remove quite a lot of birds from the marketplace. Yeah. All of the the super shoots, if you like, the super commercial shoots. All the hyper commercial shoots who are topping up on a regular basis. Would not be able to. Would not be able to. And as
0: such, they wouldn't be able to maintain the quantity of birds that they kill. Uh, Which would be. And that would be
1: no bad thing. No, no, I'm with you on that. Um, Financially, supply and demand, yeah, the price might go up. But that might then lead people doing smaller days. Yeah, you see. That might lead to more sustainability. I mean, it's, it would have a knock on, but the biggest thing it would do would show that we were policing ourselves as yes, we, we genuinely care. Yeah. We genuinely um, care. Whereas with some of the shoots as they are at the moment, knowing they're there, it's very hard to stand there with a hand on heart and a very clear conscience saying what a marvellous, perfect industry we are. Yes. The, the problem being that people, will, you're only as strong as your weakest leader. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, knowing yeah. what goes on. So let, let, let's clean our house up.
0: Yeah, no, I um, think that's right. We've got
1: the birds of prey issue. That isn't half as big an issue, I don't think, as the RSPB would like to make it out no, to build No, as soon as one disappears, here. they pin it on us. 100%. However, let's it name happens. and shame the shoots that do it. Yeah, yeah 100%. And throw them um, under the bus because it is bad. It is, it is wrong. It I mean, is the we, way live, in, we live in there. an age now when we all have to apply by the law.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's do it. You can't hide. No. Um, and we are
0: walking. It's not thin ice as such, but people watch everything we do, and we are controversial as uncontroversial as hunting is in reality. Yeah. Uh, people find it a controversial subject, so we can't be seen to be being extra.
1: Controversial. So let's let's keep our industry clean, or, yeah. or clean our industry. I'm afraid. And I'm afraid there are some mucky corners. It does sound like you're running for president with that kind of thing.
0: Let's clean up this industry. <laughs>
1: Make shooting shoot great again, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got enough hair for that. You can get cats. <laughs> I, I need a hat. <laughs> and some tan. <laughs> um second one was deer stalking. Deer stalking has changed beyond all recognition. Yeah. Um, so what I mean, was deer stalking like when you first got into stalking. When I first got into deer stalking, yeah. I was in my... Um, I was 18, 19 years old and basically I went from oh i've got to buy a rifle and go shoot some deer what, what was your first rifle cz oh nice two four three very classy no moderator uh, no no moderator no oh. um and i went from um i bought the rifle and i was um, working as um, on a farm and i shot a few fallow on the farm and before i knew where every farmer within god knows how many miles was on the phone to, <laughs> to me saying, and i ended up shooting 100 150 deer a year as a side hobby as fun and it wasn't after a while and i mean deer stalking literally there was nothing like it is now there was nothing like the numbers of people doing it um you literally if you shot deer every farm would be phoning you to say please come and shoot my deer i mean i grew up in sussex where there were a lot of fallow yeah um and i mean road we saw occasionally but not very often but yeah you'd be pestered to come please come and shoot please come and shoot now obviously well, we look at taking on areas of ground for clients, talking and what have you. Would like he. The like money involved, the everything involved, is so much more difficult. Why do you think that is? That's become popular. It's become. I mean, a lot of these, I think, these, these sort of kill it, cook it, eat it type shows. Yeah. Um, it's no different to wanting to it, go and
0: shoot a couple of pheasants
1: for the pot. No. It's... Except it's something. It's very sustainable if you do it yeah. right. Um, it's very ethical. Yeah. It's great meat. Yeah, and there's a, there's a decent amount of it. You get a lot of it for not much effort. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> I don't know about not much effort. Well, no, no, but I mean, but co- yeah. co- compared to getting the same kilos of pheasant meat. Yeah. Um, and it, it breeds naturally, um, it needs to be controlled. A species, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you add all those things together and it, it's logical it should have increased. Um, I think deer numbers, you know, very mixed opinions from people on what deer numbers are doing. What do you think? <sighs> I can tell you on the areas that I know. Okay. Um, I can't tell you nationally or what have you. We are seeing. Local forecast there. Yeah. Local forecast. Um, we are seeing fallow numbers going up. Yeah. Row numbers, I would say, have stayed for the last 15, 20 years about the same, but that's probably due to us. Yeah. <laughs> um Monk Jack, Jack have increased, but nothing like the numbers that people thought they were going to. Yeah. Well, I think um, they've been
0: spreading more than anything, so yeah, they don't yeah. like density when they've got a whole country that they can go to. Yeah,
1: um, and they are. So, I mean, I would say numbers are going up slowly, but I don't think I think there's a lot of fear and talk about numbers being shot and what have you. And you talk to some of the older boys who've been stalking forever, and they're actually saying, mm, "We've had herds that size and bigger herds than that." Yeah, yeah it's for years. fluctuated over five, or six, yeah. ten, twenty yeah. years. You get a bad breeding years, season, it's... and for a couple of years, your numbers may go down, and they'll peak again, and. Um, we're used to things being very instantaneous nowadays, and something you know, I think find
0: absolutely funny people. Go, oh, I need it now! Or, oh, this has happened in the last three months ago. Yeah, but that, for example, uh, one chap who's like he goes, "Oh, all the roe have gone." I'm like, "Have they?" Yeah, I've been shooting the same amount for the last how many years, but this year they've gone. Yeah, go, okay. Well, they've been there for hundreds of years. I mean, they've disappeared some time ago and reintroduced them, but it's unlikely that the the roe are going
1: to die out overnight. Well, I mean, classic example. look, look, look at here. You came out at the end of last year. Yeah. We didn't see a bore. No. If you'd have gone on that, you'd go. Well, oh, the bore numbers are down. Mm. Last night you shot a lot. We did shoot a few. Yeah. If you'd have done that, if you'd have done it based on that, all oh, the bill numbers are up again. Yeah. yeah but well, actually, uh, the reality is, what's happened with the bore numbers, is totally irrelevant to what yeah. you've seen. And they're no different to us. They could walk 20 miles in a day, and 20 yeah. miles line of sight is. A yeah, long way. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and it's potluck on a state like this. There's lots of broken ground, there's lots of little gullies and valleys. They walk up, they could be walking very near to you. Yeah. And it's, they're a, it's still a, completely out of sight. It's illegal to shoot at night. So, yeah. When they come out for the most part, yeah. you just can't yeah. see. So, I mean, there's an awful lot of talk about deer numbers and statistics on populations and what have you. I've yet to be had it proved to me that they're going up at the speed that people seem to say, some people say they are. I think they are probably going up slowly. Um, but nothing like some of the doom merchants would have us believe. Yeah, I think again, people get very excited about these things. I think it's wishful thinking on some people's behalf. Yeah, Didn't I am just got. I gotta go shoot some more. Yeah, a fellow are coming <laughs> near me, a <laughs> are gonna come over the ground now. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. yeah. um, it's <clears throat> people, I mean, I, the classic line is, is moving back off deer onto game birds. And we were shooting um, grouse a few years ago up in Yorkshire, the walk-up day, the keeper said, he remembers when he first took on the ground, one of the old boys said, "Oh, I remember when we used to feed on a cold winter, we'd feed the uh, the grouse crushed oaks down by Oakley. And the keeper's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And he said he ended up having to phone him that year because it got so cold and the grouse all disappeared. He goes, well, what was it you were feeding them? <laughs> Where were you feeding them? Yeah. <laughs> and they'd eat that, would they? And they were apparently, the grouse had all gone down to lower ground and they were actually feeding, feeding crushed oak to, to the grouse. When it got cold enough, they'd eat. Not anything, but they were less fussy. It's got protein and carbohydrates yeah. Yeah. and energy in it. It's got energy, um, they're going to eat it. And it was going back to the old boys who've seen it all in the past. I think yeah. a lot of these things we talk about with population fluctuations and movements. And well, we all else. think everything's brand new to us. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's nothing new on heaven and earth, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's depressing. <laughs> when, when it comes to wildlife. Yeah,
0: yeah I was going to say, it's, it's been around a long time before mm. we were. Yeah. And unfortunately, we are here now managing it and have been for a very long time. We have to manage it for our own needs and the times that we live in.
1: Um, I mean, it's, you know, the, the old line, the old um, saying of natural balance had gone before the term was thought of. Yeah. Um, apex predator's all gone, this is gone, that's gone, so you can't just rely now on, on natural balance, no. which going back enough years you would have been able to. Yeah, uh, many, many, many oh, I mean I'm talking a long time now, Yeah, not, not last week. <laughs> what did the Romans ever do to us in oh, Yeah. Brought pheasants? They've pheasants. Fallow deer, rabbits. Cop, Happy days. Good boys. <laughs> Bless them. Yeah.
0: Life wouldn't be great without them, to be fair, would it? So before we finish, we've got uh, oh, some really uninteresting questions, but they're kind of interesting. I'll probably they're have some boring, really
1: boring yeah. answers for them as well. <laughs> Favourite calibre of rifle? Oh, .243. Why? I like it. Okay.
0: What, is, there, is there anything it can't do?
1: People... Ball. Wild ball. Okay. But you're on a three oh eight for that. I have a, I'm a two, four, three I have a Um Two four three for me, as a southern... Stalking rifle. There is nothing I can't do with it, no. um, and it's easy to get. I mean, ammo for uh, everything about it's easy. Okay, that's
0: literally the only question I wanted to ask. That was a very simple. And question. It's the same and answer, answer that every professional stalker says, or every professional says two, four, three. And I don't know why I like compounding the thing that two, four, three is one of the best calibers out there. Often it's just a little bit boring.
1: Um, like the question high, hyper boring. That's why we buy it. Yeah. Because um, it does the job and it's easy. Yeah. Have you ever shot a rifle out? Um, I have made the mistake of crowning rifles by not removing moderators. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Uh, do, you um, main,
0: do you maintain your gear at all, or are you more badly. About use it, use it, <laughs> kill it by a new one?
1: Sort uh, of shotguns I tend to clean. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. Rifles I'm a real bad person about. Yeah. Um, if it's wet, I wipe it down. Uh, you've shot, <laughs> I presume, some big animals. Big, yeah. 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 Uh, Trophy-wise? Are you not really a trophy guy? I'm, I mean, I've mean, i been lucky. I've shot trophies along the way. I, I, I don't think I've ever gone out to shoot a trophy anything. Um, I've been out where we've been out on a piece of ground where they've got issue. I mean, the biggest Roebuck I ever shot was a, a Roebuck that was causing problems in a partridge drive. Wow. And so you just went to the crop? And the keeper said, the can you take that buck out? Yeah. He's made that crop his home. Yeah. He's made that crop his home, he's spent his life in there, um, he's going to cause problems this season, he did last season, he's still there this season or will be this season coming, he needs shooting. It was a piece of ground that I shoot for myself and don't take clients on. You still do that though? I still have the occasional bit of ground I go shoot yeah. on myself, yeah, for the freezer. Yeah. Um, and he was a nice gold medal, Buck. Nice. Um, Handy when they become a nuisance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's sad, but someone had to do it. I've yeah. uh, shot some good mouflon in Spain for similar reason. They had they they had a mouflon a cull on. Uh, shot some metal mouflon um, because they wanted them shot. Personally, uh, oh, here you go. Spit End it of it all. Gone. Trophy stalking. I hate the term trophy hunting. The trophy is the meat and the experience. No. No like, trophy. I mean trophy. You tend a kid out ferreting, and a trophy is a rabbit's tail. You send a multi-millionaire American out stalking and a trophy is, God help us, Cecil the Lion. Yeah. <laughs> um, a a trophy is a memento. Yeah. It's not, it shouldn't be about anthracite or anything else. And therefore, I, I just think it's a very, very bad term to use. It's mm-hmm. a generic term. It doesn't mean anything, really. No, but it's a nice thing to pin on people, right? <laughs> if you want to slap them down you can always hit them a trophy yeah <laughs> <laughs> mate thank you very much uh guys if you're interested in going out with howard it is outsidedays.com there
0: you go and it's as simple as that i really can't recommend anyone else um <laughs> to look after you like he would um thank you thanks mate, john mate. good to speak to you and we'll see you soon take care mate. like in a minute Like right now for a bit <laughs>